Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of a town called The Fort. Events that take place in The Fort are not suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. I got the ghost of you inside of me.
outside light filtered in through drawn window curtains, casting soft shafts of light dashing across the room. Paul sat on the floor, legs crossed, turning one of the mysterious bones over in his finger as he examined the markings etched into it. They were primitive. It was impossible to say if they were intentional symbols with any meaning, but they didn't look like the random teeth marks of scavengers picking at the bones either. The entire length of the bone's face was covered in them, so much so that at first glance Paul thought that to be the natural texture given to it by nature's own thrashing, but as he looked closer all the symbols intertwined. In some spots, lines danced round and round one another until they met, and in other places along the curious mural, the razor-thin lines ran perpendicular in almost mathematical quantities like a spider's web, before they bled into more runic symbols and those rune-like symbols bled into what looked like medallions that someone had hoped to etch into the bone and then pluck away from its surface. It reminded Paul of the scrimshot artifacts his father had collected and hoarded away in his study back home made of whale bone or baleen or the ivory of another animal altogether. Except the artifact he held and spun about searching for clues it didn't depict a maritime scene or anything nearly as beautiful or clearly discernible. What am I going to do with you? What secrets do you hold? It was clear no matter how many times he twirled the large bone around in his hands, and no matter how many times he muttered the same rhetorical questions over and over, there would be no answer without guidance. Problem was, there was no one to guide, and no point of reference from which to start. Paul didn't even know which questions needed to be asked to get the answers he desired. The day wasn't halfway done yet, and already Paul was exhausted and mentally drained trying as he was to pull mystical answers from thin air. Paul Collins placed the bone down, back into the nest of other cobbled-together bones which made up the collection he'd found in the mud and then in his satchel bag later on. With a soft grunt, he pushed himself off the floor and stretched his back in a way that reminded him of his father, overdramatic and unnecessary as if to say to all those watching, I worked harder than you today. He had moments like that from time to time where Paul caught himself in the act of adopting the mannerisms of his parents, and it happened more and more the older he got. The cliched thought that all children become their parents made him shudder with fright. Oh God, hopefully not, he thought as he walked across the room and pulled his jacket off the back of the chair that sat tucked into his desk where his Underwood typewriter sat unused as usual. There was no sense sitting in his room, all alone like a little boy making up fantasies about the world outside and playing out scenarios in his mind as he was. Paul had been presented with a mystery, and now he needed to seek out the answers. Yes, it's me. Oh, are you on your way out? Um, 
No. Well, y yes. Yes, I'm heading out for the day. Oh, I was hoping we could play a little cribbage, have a nice lunch together. Wouldn't that have been lovely, eh? An absolute delight, uh, but I best be on my way. Oh, have a good day then. Young people, always in a rush to go nowhere. Like any sensible person seeking truths, Paul breathed in deeply, feeling the tension of his living arrangement leave his chest as he walked out into the day's rare sunlight in search of the library. It was a fair spring day. Clouds drifted, propelled by the cool breeze that also shook the trees and threw Paul's combed hair out of place. Despite having to compulsively push his hair back into place with his fingers over and over, Paul was glad to see the sun. In fact, it was the first time since moving to the fort that he'd seen the sunshine, save for that little piercing white glow of a spring day stifled by clouds which seemed to be what normally passed for a fine picnic afternoon in the fort. Despite the picturesque day, there still remained, between the faint floral scent of crocus and other springtime flowers, the stench of some hidden marsh littering the breeze. It was refreshing nonetheless to have that brisk air brush his face unaccompanied by the normal rain, but it still made him scrunch his nose despite his joy at the day outside whenever that stench drifted into his nostrils. Ruth's home was located close to town, barely a block or two from Main Street, which was lucky for Paul. It meant he had no need to ask directions from Ruth herself. That overheard conversation had left him feeling defensive and dejected. But instead of confrontation, which had never been Paul's favored means of dealing with any sort of situation, he'd taken to avoiding Ruth, which made his ingress and egress from her home. The only time he couldn't lock himself away and avoid her, increasingly awkward. Paul made his way from shop to shop, darting across the main strip back and forth, peering in windows and taking in the town. Admittedly, he'd been swept up by his quest to write about the fort and discern the truth of what happened to his mysterious ancestor that he'd actually forgotten to take in the sights and smells. It wasn't exactly Kensington High Street, but Paul found there was an item or two that caught his eye. Items that he'd surely come back for when time allowed and the mystery of the field bones were no longer occupying his mind. Pulling himself away from the shops, and what little they had to offer in the way of modern convenience, Paul stopped to read the flyers and notices pinned to the community bulletin board outside the little shack sporting signage that read, Postal Office. Hard to believe there was much in the way of parcels and letters to deliver, Paul thought to himself as he strode up to the community bulletin board. For sale, firewood, one read. Beside that were a few notices adorning official, albeit handwritten letterhead. The fort's town council. But those looked less than interesting, so Paul paid them little mind beyond the self-important declaration of town council. As if a place such as the fort had pressing matters of any sort. And that's when his eye caught a wanted ad. 
looking well-worn and tarnished by weather. The ink had run, and the paper crinkled and cracked loudly as he touched it, as if it had once been wet and then dried uneven and warped. Wanted. Librarian. Requirements. Available from 8 p.m. to late a.m. Must be literate. Accommodations included. From top to bottom, the wanted ad was odd. Accommodations included. Why would a librarian be offered accommodations? And the required availability. 8 p.m. to late a.m. What sort of library had a graveyard shift? And then must be literate. That bit had almost made Paul laugh out loud in the street. Literacy. That had struck Paul as a silly prerequisite for a librarian until he realized a place like the fort probably never had a bustling public education system. Included written at the bottom was the address, and below that, the Fort Town Hall, 1B. As Paul made his way to Town Hall, as if to dissuade him from finishing his journey, the wind which had been sweet turned sour, and with that, the familiar spitting rain. Cursing under his breath, Paul was glad to see the building he recognized as Town Hall standing in front of him. It was yellow, and quite grand compared to the rest of the town. Great tall columns stood on either side of the door, and the face of the building had many windows looking out, all of them dark, with no sign of life inside. Confused, Paul hesitantly walked up to the front door, looking over his shoulder like he was about to break into someone's personal home. The static lifelessness of it made Paul feel as if, by opening the door, he would be committing a great offense. He grit his teeth and inhaled deeply as he tried to wrench the door open. Oh, no use. It was locked. Perhaps no one had applied to the wanted ad. Paul tried once more to open the door as if it were a fluke the first time around that it might indeed not be locked, but it was. Paul began to circle the building, and as he got to the side, had to maneuver around overgrown rhododendrons which were surely beautiful in the summer, but much too overgrown to allow the path beside them to be of any use. As he rounded the side and came to the back of the building, Paul was relieved to see a wooden sign, the word library carved into it. Paul was less relieved to see the sign hung above a very dark and dingy staircase into what he presumed was a basement. Well, served him right for holding out hope that the Ford might have a reliable resource like a library. Hello? Hello, is anyone here? Shh. Hello? This is a library. Oh, I... Keep your voice down. I didn't see anyone here. I'm sorry, where exactly are you? It's disrespectful to the other patrons to speak so loudly. There is no one else here. And your point 
Well, I think my point might be that there is no one here reading. Well, I'm here, and I was reading. Oh, my apologies. Well, what do you want? I, um, uh, well... What are you here for? Well, I'm here looking for a, a partic- What can I assist you with? I I'm getting to that. I'm just trying to figure out what to ask for. Usually a precursor to coming to the library is knowing where you'd at the very least like to start. Well, I can clearly tell you are ever so busy and I'm interrupting you, so... I'll just be on my way. No, don't go. What can I do for you? Please? Well, actually, that's the problem. I, I don't know what you can do for me. Fiction? Uh, no. Uh, well, maybe. No, actually, no. Non-fiction, then. Yes. Biographical? No. Referential? Perhaps. I found... bones. Bones? Yes. So I'd like to take a, a book on bones. Animal bones? Or human bones? Uh... Human bones, maybe. Interesting. I'd also like any material on symbols or runes or runic languages, perhaps. One moment, please. hoping I'd be able to check these out of the library. Uh, perhaps I could sign up for a card. No need. Really? When are they due? Oh, sometime from now. Sometime from now? Yes. How will I know when sometime from now is? News spreads past in a small town. News? Right. Why didn't I think of that? Of course it does. Well, I suppose I'm, I'm done, then. You can get back to your reading. Leaving so soon? Yes, I think I should get on with my day. Lots of reading to do. Please, come back sometime. Well, I'll need to return these books, won't I? Oh. Right. Right. 
books in arm. Paul ran through the rainy evening, the darkening clouds in stark contrast to the morning's rare blue sky, making it seem much later than it actually was. Trying his best not to take any wrong turns, but second-guessing himself more than once on his way back to Ruth's despite the lack of turns by which to get confused. Paul saw the familiar front door before bursting through it with enthusiasm for the warmth and shelter of his lodgings. Evening, Paul. Are you hungry? I've made some dinner and there's some leftovers if you'd like. Well, good talk. Yeah? Stimulating discussion to end the evening, I'd say. Grumpy Gus. This episode was written, directed, and narrated by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the wonderful Charlie P.S. This episode featured Lydia Nicholas as Ruth McMillan, Mike LeBeau as Paul Collins, and Cole Weavers as the librarian. To find more information, or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website at thetownwhispers.com. Rate and review us online. Tweet us at The Town Whispers. Join us on Discord by clicking the link in the description below. Visit us on Facebook, or email us at thetownwhispers at pulpaudio.ca. The Town Whispers is a serialized horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio, distributed by Callum Doherty of the Rusty Quill Network, and licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. I got the ghost of you inside of my head What I'm supposed to do, the blood has been shed He got a dark past in a soul that's Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.